1: spoon we have another episode of the sit down and i'm joined by probably i mean if you break it down with like into the world one of the funniest people in the world right
0: i i don't know <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna say that that's i'm,
1: I'm joined by um stand-up comedian mike lenochi mike what's going on thanks for coming on thank man. you
0: thank you as, as as soon as you said that i thought about a, uh, i thought of at least three four hundred people so that are funnier than me
1: i mean Somebody so like currently in the world, I think definitely I guess one of
0: that statistically speaking, with the billions of people. <laughs> sure, you, you can No, but
1: it. I do think I do think um somebody that definitely is gonna have a very long career. You're definitely like oh thank you hilarious. Man. I love all your stuff. Um, it I was just watch- I was just watching what was one? I just just literally just watching it. I was just laughing my ass off. The um, in debt or you have debt joke.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That one of my old classics. That one, one of my one of my few and only classics. I have, but yes.
1: It was freaking hilarious. What did, like, before we get into anything, I like, what's like the joke process, like the joke writing process like? Because a uh, joke like that, that's like kind of like complex, you really don't see it coming, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, your joke writing, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but it just evolves over time, the, like the way you do it. And now I've come, I used, like I'm, I'm very uh, organized and look kind of like a OCD in a way and structural. And so, I used to kind of like drive myself crazy with the way I would come up with my jokes. I felt like it was sloppy and all over the place, but now I just like let it happen. And then I structure stuff afterwards, but I mean, I'll I'll have an idea and then I'll jot it in my notes on my phone Mm -hmm. and then maybe I'll think about where I can plug it into my routine right now if that makes yeah. sense. So, I mean, now that's not something I was able to do years ago when I was first starting out. You're, you're just throwing shit against the wall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I'm trying them out at open mics. And if I felt confident enough to do it in a show, then I would do it in a show and then it would work. And then you would do it again and again. And then your set would just be, let's say you're doing a 10 minute show. Then my 10 minutes would just be my five best jokes. Here mm-hmm. you go. And there's no theme to my act. Whereas now my act is a theme and it always has been for like the last few years. Excuse me, I think I'm about to sneeze. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I now have like um, a themed set. So, like, if I, you know, I know what my 15 to 20 minutes is, but if I have a new idea, I first process whether that idea fits in my routine. If it doesn't, I might write it down and then just save it. But I know whether that idea can fit in my act. Gotcha. yeah. I don't think... I'll-
1: yeah i don't think people realize how hard joke writing is like i've i've like tried. i don't say i've done stand-up i've been to an open mic and participated in an open mic before just to like i guess get over the fear of like public speaking more or less never to like try to become a comic but that's the hardest thing to do probably like one of the hardest things to do in the world is to write a joke where people actually laugh at it
0: yeah i mean it's also like there's certain people who are like really good joke writers and they Mm -hmm. can just like you could be like hey here's a subject, here's a topic, write a joke about it. And then they could write like four or five jokes about it. And then there's people who kind of like, I would say myself, they kind of just, uh, I kind of talk about myself on stage and and whatever's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to write for myself, but then I also learned how to write for my act because now it's like um, what I do today, if I wrote that on a piece of paper, it's not gonna be a structural joke that someone could read in like a joke book. It wouldn't work. Like, it yeah. would have to be delivered by me the way mm-hmm. I do it. So, like, it's just, like, and it wasn't always like that. Like, that in debt joke is, is like a, like, a well-written joke. But, you know, when I am saying it, it's not delivered anywhere. It's not, like, special the way I'm doing it. But the way I'm doing stand-up today, it doesn't even fit in my act. Like, my the flow of what I'm doing. Yeah, I could do that joke still and it would still work. But it's just kind of, like, it doesn't really go... It doesn't like it. Just it's not part of my flow anymore, mm-hmm. um, and I don't. I feel like that joke anyone could do. If you could just take another comedian and give it to him, and he could deliver that joke. Whereas the stuff I'm doing today, only I can do it. Yeah, gotcha. and if, that took ten, eleven years to get to, like the my act. So now if I have an idea, I'll plug it on my phone. Getting back to the original question, and then I'll try it, I'll plug it in on stage in between jokes and feel it and see if it's getting like a reaction. And then if it's not, I could just jump into the next bit. But if it is, I can stay there for a little bit, but now I have an idea of it's funny and then I'll go back and listen and then rewrite it on a notebook. So mm-hmm. then so there's like three processes. I'll put it in, an, in my notes in my phone, I'll write on stage. And then once I've performed it on stage, I'll go back and listen and write in a notebook, rewriting the joke and then until it's like engraved in my brain and then i'm just like going back on stage and and twerking it on stage that's pretty much the process so i don't know if that's confusing but no
1: no i mean i understood that for sure and it's like one of the first times someone's explained it to me that it's like there's there's
0: levels to this for sure like and you could tell yeah but it wasn't always like that i just you just like uh i remember some older comics would always tell me like you just learn how to like write for yourself and i never really understood that until like last couple of years now it's like i have my system i just know i i know how to do something like if i if i have an idea for a joke and i think it fits in my routine i'm like okay i know how to like kind of deliver this on stage and figure it out and then put it through for my sure. awesome
1: very cool yeah so how did you first kind of get into stand-up comedy i guess because it's uh i don't know it's like one of those like you hear like so many different stories from stand-up comics so i guess what's your story about how you entered the world of
0: um i i kind of like always wanted to do it when i when i would watch like uh i would see it on tv when i was like in middle school like i don't you know like was Mm -hmm. really how old are you i'm 24 24 okay so around your age is when i really thought about start starting to do it Mm -hmm. but i grew up in uh the suburbs of south florida so you know i was just like watching tv and i remember seeing like hbo specials like carlin or even like ellen or even you know or Chris Rock right those were like the three people who had specials on HBO all the time and that's the only place you would see stand-up comedy growing up was on HBO so I'd see theirs but like I would kind of watch it and just be in awe but like I can't remember any of the bit like I remember some of Ellen's stuff because she had observational stuff but like looking back I was like like watching carlin but there's no way i could have thought it was funny because i would have been too young to really understand what Mm. he was really saying but i remember my dad was like this guy's funny but i was like oh i want to do this or like but i didn't i i didn't know how they did it i didn't know it was a routine i thought they just grabbed a mic and went up and (laughs) were talking you know my dad explained to me what it was but this is back in middle school and then you know you go on with life just thinking like oh that's just a fairy tale not thinking it's possible to do that And then after college, I was like your age and I was just like not happy with doing that sort of life, like going to work and having a nine to five and Mm -hmm. just doing what you're supposed to do, so to speak. You know, society tells you you're supposed to graduate, meet someone, get married, have family, have a stable job. And that just made me kind of depressed thinking about that little matrix of a life. So I was just like, you know what, like, you know, if I never if I don't try, then I'll never know. And it will always be in the back of my mind. And I was in drama in high school too, but like, I didn't do theater. I just wanted to be an actor, kind of. Okay. So you know, I always had the the idea that I wanted to maybe do something. So then I just kind of like was like, "Fuck it!" I didn't even do stand up in Florida. I just packed my shit up and moved to LA. Wow. 2010. Yeah, actually, oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah, Eleven years ago. Eleven years ago, the next month.
1: And then you kind of just, I guess, hit the the open mic scene and took it from there. yeah
0: kind of like I, I would go watch a couple open mics because i was a little scared and then I, I i i tried it a couple times like i wrote a joke on like what i thought was a joke like i studied for like for like six months i watched a bunch of stand-up videos and kind of like tried to understand like how they were doing it like i didn't understand like what even a joke was i didn't had, had never even taken a joke or I didn't even know like what, like i was like oh, okay so i could what What do i think is funny and i would just write down things i thought were funny but i didn't know how to say them on stage so i did, did a couple open mics and then i took the stand-up class because at the end of the stand-up class it was like a four or five weeks class you got to do a show at the improv mm-hmm. so i was like this is cool like i want to do a show and she would help like hey write about yourself whatever it was fine it was good enough and and people always say you don't need a stand-up class and it's true you don't you could just hit the open mic scene and figure it out but i didn't even know how to do that like i didn't know what i didn't even know what to do i was like Mm -hmm. where do i go like how do i do this and then so i did that stand-up class and once the teacher was like how do i keep doing this and she's like here's contact info for bringer shows bringer uh back in 2010 there used to be bringer shows stand-up was like different it was kind of dead mm-hmm. so these people just had they would produce shows where they would have uh, beginning comics come out but they had to bring like 10 friends to get on stage so they fill oh. up a room full of 100 people but it'd be 10 amateur comics you know what I mean so today you don't have to do it today you could just have one big name comic on it and it will sell out you know mm-hmm. what I mean so those aren't really around anymore so I was doing those and then I met some younger comics. And then I'd be like, Oh, what's up? And then you would hear about open mics. And then I would do like one or two open mics a week, two or three open mics a week for the first like three or four months. So it's like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then I remember like one guy was like, how many times are you getting up? I was like, I'm new. And he's like, I was like like two, three times a week. He's like, what? You're going to get up two, three times a night. I was like, for real. And <laughs> then I learned about open mic hustle. And then I got into that game and got addicted to that. And then was like, you know, for the first, after that, for the first, the next five years, I was doing 15 to 20 open mics a week. Like I was just going around town, just doing as many as possible, not even knowing what I'm doing on stage. I just was building the confidence of being able to go up and bomb. And Mm -hmm. that's really what it was until you got so comfortable that you could just write on stage. Wow.
1: Awesome. So now this whole time, like, I know, like we talked a little bit before, like your dad's first generation Italian like and then the parents are both like off the boat so what um what do your parents think of all this like during this time because like you're grinding out there in LA and
0: um I mean obviously when I first moved out they were like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) well you went to college like you could just like go get a job you know and and just like chill like what like my dad's a realist so he's like what do you like I can't believe why would you do this like what, what are you guys doing and my mom's like you know he'll just get it out of his system you know she just thought it was something yeah. like that and I was like okay and like I just knew that I was going out there with no back door like I was like oh I'm gonna die trying like there's no way I would ever let life like get to me like this this is it like and I still have that mentality I mean you get so many uh this business is full of so many no's and 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 outside of this business just life like pounds you down sometimes and humbles you and no matter what you know you think about like oh am i making the right decision but i've never thought like oh i'm gonna stop like this is what i'm doing so i've always had that mentality and i think probably like after two or three years then they saw that they were just like there's no this isn't just a thing to get out of my system and then you know then eventually you know you you you, you go to shows out, t- out of town and then they've seen me and then they've seen me do shows when i was two and a half years in they've seen me do shows when i was five years in to 10 years in so for them, it's cool because you don't see the growth yourself. I was going to say they could see the progression. and yeah, really yeah, really it's cool it's to see the progression and then it's like undeniable when you see, you know, the, the work at, you put in, then mm-hmm. they, they can't argue that. They're like, whoa, like it, it's day and night from like what he was. to So it's like, oh, he is doing this. He's not just like hanging out and going to parties and like just being an idiot. Like he's actually working at this and then, you know, So I think now they, um, you learn that your parents are actually, they're, um, they're happier, they're, they're happiest when they know that you're happy. That's all that matters. It's not even about, you you know, like obviously number two would be financial security. That's what (laughs) parents always are worried about. But ultimately number one is always going to be like, well, if they know that their kids are happy, regardless of what they're doing, then that gives them fulfillment. They're like, well, I did my job as a parent. So and you learn that it's not necessarily, they're not going to be proud. if, Like they're still proud of me, even though I don't have a four bedroom house with a wife and three kids, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, if I get that one day, great. That's just icing on the cake. For sure. You know?
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've talked to like a lot, I guess a lot of people on the show and journal, there's like a common theme that like, I'm not even meaning to do it, but it's like someone like taking that big risk to like follow their dreams. And it's like, that's like one of the most admirable qualities that like, like I could see in someone so that's like kudos to you like that's I mean it takes just a ton of balls to do something like that
0: yeah I guess I mean I I, I don't think about it as much like that anymore I just thought it was like uh why wouldn't anyone go do what you know like you know you took a risk take starting a podcast you know what I mean like well, I don't know your background or why you're doing it but like you know like I want to you just you do something that you have an idea with and, and go with it and like what you only got one shot at this life so why not try you know
1: absolutely yeah i mean like only recently did i like start to like just break out of my shell and everything but it's like something i try to tell other people it's like if you want to do something just do it and like the worst thing that happens it just doesn't work out and then you're on to the next thing like just
0: yeah at least you know and you try you learn from everything that you've tried and it doesn't work you're just like oh okay i've done that before
1: you know me periods
0: uh like pyramid schemes i fucking went through when i was your age like (laughs) why would it why was i not learning and then i finally i'm like okay this is stupid i keep getting i keep chasing fast money that's so dumb. yeah
1: i know i gotta i mean all these people are just keep dming me about a uh, forex trading and bitcoin
0: <laughs> when, I, when i was young i was just like yeah that sounds that sounds promising let's try it <laughs> for sure actually i was kind of one of those i
1: started one of those in high school like my dad had a hookup at a gas station where he could get i think it was like five candy bars for a dollar all right just some wheeling and dealing shit. and so i would i was like okay buy a thousand candy bars and i would sell boxes of candy bars to other people to sell candy bars to other people so i was like you were the wholesaler i was the wholesaler of the candy bar scene and um and nice. lewis and porter and made <laughs> money yeah i made it paid for my like varsity club trip that year so i was pumped. at
0: least at least you were making money i was always losing money in everything i tried
1: <laughs> so like when was like the I not I don't want to say like a like big break that's not the right term but like like when was like the like after like the open mic scene like what's like the next step from there for
0: you I mean there's no like one big break It just it just keeps happening it just keeps yeah. going it's just like you know like like from the outside looking in people could be like that was his big break or that was like but nobody ever has just a big break it's just like it's just the the work they've been putting in evolves into that moment yeah that's that's
1: why i didn't want to say break break because like i know like especially with like an entrepreneur entrepreneur, comedians like artists singers like like people say they're they're an over they're an overnight success but they've worked the past 20 years to become an overnight that's what
0: people think i mean people think like they they come across a special on netflix They're like who is this guy oh wow he's amazing like there's 20 years behind that yeah and then there was so many other things that he was in it happens all the time i still even do it with like a tv show i'll be like man this guy's good And then I'll go on IMDb and I'll look up the actor. I'm like, oh man, he's been working for 20 years. He's been in this, this, this. And it's like, you'll see all the other shit he was in. You're like, no, this is just the first big show he finally landed. But he's been acting for years. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like that, but like it happens. Like I would say one of the biggest things that helped was just hanging out, just being around. Just always like, even if I finished open mics, I would go to the comedy clubs and hang out and just want to be around all the big comedians. And then like, I just would like try to talk to them and pick their brain, but like organically and not be annoying. Like, you know what I mean? And and, like, I would just be around watching. I would just like, I would do my open mics, go to the comedy clubs, hang out. And then even if I didn't have a show or didn't do an open mic, I was just always at the comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, well, this is going to be my life. This is going to be my second home. And I would just keep hanging out and you meet people. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times like I've been there not doing a show and someone's like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Or, hey, you know, I mean, the first person that ever approached me even about the road life, I, I didn't know anything about comedy outside of LA. Like I didn't know how you get work or how you make mm-hmm. money. I didn't care to make money doing it, but it was like Bobby Lee. He was like, he just came up to me and he was like, hey, um, I'm going to have you come open for me on, on New Year's in San Diego. And I was like, yeah, that would be that would be, that'd be awesome, really? And I didn't know if he was telling the truth. And I remember for months leading up to it, I was like, is this really going down? He's like, yeah, man, don't worry. And I thought <laughs> he was going to flake. But like, once I did that, then I learned about like um, looking on like websites of all the comedy clubs locally, like in San Diego, Irvine, Ontario. Like, I look at them. And then if I saw who was performing at them, if I saw it was someone new, I would be like, hey, can I host for you if if I felt comfortable in that relationship that I could mm. ask that? I wouldn't go out of the blue and ask someone I didn't know that well. But then I like learned about like, oh, I can host and I can make money hosting as a young comic because nobody wants to host and it's a great way to get stage time. So then, you know, just kind of getting in with comics like that and then being, you know, like working good with them or well with them and and hosting, and then eventually get good enough to feature, and then you can feature for bigger comedians and then eventually you get to start headlining you know
1: damn i mean that's awesome i mean this is like the first
0: time for me like hearing
1: like the the absolute grind and then i'm sure like road life's a different like a whole different animal right
0: yeah i mean it's different when you're opening for a bigger comedian it's great because like there's a crowd of people buying tickets to go see someone they're a huge fan of Mm -hmm. Where is like you know you go on the road with another comic who's not big it's just like this is the this is the road like you might have a night with like 15 locals and and they're not all in in it you know or like i was just in vegas at the laugh factory and you know you're getting the demographic vegas can be hard for a comic who's not like you know a a younger comic because like i'll I'll walk out into the showroom and there's going to be you know five 60 year olds and then there's going to be a table full of 20 year old girls or 20 year old guys. And then there's going to be another table of like middle-aged people, thirties and your forties. Like, so your demographic is across the board in Vegas. So you got to make sure that you can kill like Mm -hmm. for this room. So, and fortunately, like what I do, it just does well, you know, it's more, you know, relatable probably to 30 year olds and and older, but still, I I think I still relate to like people in their twenties, but you know, that's just, you know, the, you know, again, if I'm doing the road, like I have a one nighter somewhere like in Washington, DC in April, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to sell tickets. Like, I just want, I want to make sure there's some people there, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so it's, it's a different game. It's like more like, it's like, oh, this is a new part of the game. Like now it's stressful. It's like, okay, I need to make sure yeah. I get people in there so that the club's happy with me so that the club books me again. So unless yeah. you're like one of those guys who sells tickets like that, it's now it's a business it's like okay and then I got now it. on top of
1: on top of being a stand-up comic you also have to be like a, a full-time social media
0: marketer and whatever you have to do like at the end of the day however i can get people to come watch me do my art and if you fuck with it you fuck with it if not i'm not going to stop doing it so then that carry on with your day mm-hmm. leave a comment if you want i'll delete it and then carry on you know what i mean like that's the life but like i don't know you know just i gotta keep going that's what feeds the soul Mm-hmm. for sure i think that's like
1: um like because i see you do you do pretty well on you do well on social media too i was just checking your you're like tiktok out and you're on tiktok instagram
0: i'm trying that I'm, I'm trying the tiktok now i'm trying to build it right now i'm late to the game because i was just like i can't get behind these dance videos but you know it was like now i'm just gonna post my stuff on there and whatever yeah. that's the best class. way to do it
1: well if you ever want to collab man we got like 50k on
0: tiktok so <laughs> great share a post or i don't even know how it works on. <laughs>
1: You can make some stupid Italian video because that's all all the shit that oh, really? we make.
0: <laughs> no, but um, I always feel like I'm not that Italian for being Italian. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I I feel like when people are like, oh, you're Italian guy, huh? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but then people think Italian guy. They think like Sebastian. You know what I mean? Like the way Sebastian's whole act is. Yeah. He's like my my dad. He's very Italian. And it's just like, I mean. I feel like I'm closer to it. I'm the more Italian than half of these Italian acts. Like yeah. like, yeah, I was born in Italy, but like, we're just not, it's not like, Hey, how
1: you doing? Yeah, it's it's almost like, like, it's like its own genre, like, genre sometimes.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of like, we just like, yeah, he, my dad cooks, we hang out. and like, <laughs> I, I was just, I, I don't feel like it's that, it's not overboard Italian. I think a New York Italian exaggerates Italian and that's what it is. Like I'm a Florida Italian. So we're just like, Hey, relax. I know it,
1: it's funny. Cause I'm in Buffalo, New York. So I'm like on the whole opposite side of the city. And then like, I'll go to the city and they're like, Oh, you're from New York, but you don't sound like you're from New York, but like, no. oh, we got like the great, Wait, that's, because I, I, that's because I,
0: that's because I didn't start working after high school. I went to college. Like, or something like <laughs> I'm an educated New Yorker.
1: Yeah. That's what it is. I know. But, um, oh, what was I going to say it's brain fart for a minute, but, um, it's like, guys like mike marino that could do it all though that's i wanted to give mike a shout out for kind of semi hooking this up for oh, giving yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a shout out on his post mike's a mike's an awesome dude
0: he's a great guy yeah Yeah, you so just met him. I, was, I was in vegas with i was with him so
1: oh very cool
0: yeah yeah it was fun
1: that's somebody who's just been killing it for years and
0: years and years. a long time yeah so i yeah, i hope i'm doing it as long as him so which i will be but i just hope i live that long <laughs> Not that he's old, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, forget no, about
1: okay. it. I got you for sure. So what do you got like coming up? I know you have
0: um, your podcast, the Takeover, right? Yeah, I've just been working that, like rebranding it. Like it's now like I used to just, I started it during the pandemic really, kind just mm-hmm. sitting in my room because there's nothing to do. Kind of like just a solo thing, just kind of talking, speaking my mind. And then I kind of was like, you know, getting bored from it. And I knew that I wanted to make a hangout show, just like kind of a show where I invite, couple comedian friends on to just be silly yeah and it's not like an interview show you know what i mean just kind of like we're hanging out and making fun of each other and so i linked up with this guy and, and we built a studio and you know we've only done like seven episodes in there but you know again it's a grind we're just building it we built a whole new page for it so it's like starting from scratch cause I don't post it on my stuff. So it's just like, I'm trying to build it and it's just like, um, it can yeah, be, I can, I can, that's like one of the hardest things to do. That's why it can be, yeah, it can be frustrating. So, cause we're like, I can't, how do I get, how do I build this? And it's just like, you just got to keep going and yeah. not get down. But you know, I, I forget, I forget that. And I have to remind myself, like, just keep building it, build it and they will come. So it's like, you know, we're not even two months in. So, you know, just have to brand it and keep going. And that's literally all, we have right now is just a podcast and wherever I can get up, you know, there's yeah. not much going on. You had, some, than- you had some shows coming up, but it's like, it's kind of like scattered all over the place. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I have shows and, you know, in LA, I can get up once or twice a week right now. So it's a little bit better. Things are starting to open up, which, you know, isn't as much as I'd like. Like I now I'm at a point where I can get up five, six times a week. I'll, I'll be happy. But right now I think where I think we're at 25% inside, but there's still no inside shows really. But I, um, you know, I'm always, I always have some stuff around town, but personal shows I have like something in Palm Springs in April. And then at the beginning of April, I'm in Washington, DC, or like, which is Arlington Draft House, which is right outside of DC. So I have to like, you know, work on those and then whatever else I can find in the the meantime.
1: Yeah. When, when was like, how long was like the period of time for like when like shutdown happened to like the next time you were
0: on stage? 90 days was the longest I didn't go up. Wow, did that? Do you think that that affected? Shut down to like, yeah, it was literally ninety days, and then we found me and my buddies like put a legal, an illegal show on. (laughs) Went to a podcast studio. We had fifteen people show up in a packed room that was very small.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It was very unsafe, but we didn't care. We just wanted to go up, and that was around June. So we were like, go. So it was like third ninety days, and then from that point on, then there was like another maybe five weeks. I didn't go up. Know how maybe like forty five days I didn't go up for a little bit, but then, then we kind of opened for a little bit, and I was going up a lot, and I felt back to normal, and then we shut down again, in like November December, but there was like this show we could get up at like once a week, so I felt I feel normal now. I mean, and then you know now I've been getting up pretty regularly, and then I was just in Vegas, we just did ten shows in four nights, so it's like I feel great. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think of like the Zoom shows? I've got like mixed feelings. I haven't done any. I've no? not. Oh, I've done I did one at the, the Hollywood Laugh Factory. They have the TVs up and you can hear the people. So it would be like you watching a show right now. Okay. So I can hear you and no one like heckles or anything. They're just kind of because there's only like 25 people. And I've done it once, but I didn't do, do material. I kind of was just doing crowd work on the Zoom. So I was just like <laughs> looking at the people, like, what do you got going on back there? Because I just didn't feel natural. So you know but i was watching other comedians and they were doing some material so i was like you can do it but it was just like my first time so i was just kind of feeling it out
1: Perfect. like i would
0: do that again sure but i didn't um you know i didn't do i haven't done like a zoom show like this if i did if someone's like you want to do it i'd be like i'm just gonna kind of like riff i'm like I'm probably not going to do material yeah like, and then you're gonna look at the kid with the italian flag in the background yeah, you know, and just just roast them flags <laughs> you have behind you like why like why do you have two then, yeah, that one <laughs> like, why is there two and then like did you do you have an iron? Can you iron or it will melt it? You know, I don't know. is there a dry are you in a fucking classroom? Like, why is there a dry erase <laughs> board behind you? It looks like you broke into a fucking school and you're like, I'm doing my podcast from a school. Like if there's a clock above it, it almost looks like you're you're like parents That's or teachers and you're using their office or something.
1: That's awesome.
0: You have a medal I don't know, what did you run a marathon? You know, like I don't even know. <laughs> Like that's what i would do like that's literally what i would do like this is what i'm doing you don't like it Bye. that was
1: awesome that was that was
0: good i love I i'm was, like one
1: of those i love
0: being roasted like that's like the greatest thing in the-, the last italian podcast Move that i was hoping i was gonna get to eat on this podcast the wooden wow. spoon podcast is so like you may maybe you're gonna have food sent to me so no i, gonna- I should have that's that's on me <laughs> yeah oh see so you you're eating good with mike
1: marino out there
0: that's why i was there yeah, that's why I was like, okay, I'm gonna eat. I know, and then heartburn for the next two days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got to get a cater next time for sure. Yeah, but Mike, thanks so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, where can everybody like check you out, like show dates, anything like that? Just michaelenochi.com
0: or just go to my Instagram, michaelenochi
1: All right, we'll put all those links in yeah. the description for sure. But yeah. yeah, I appreciate you coming on. This was a freaking blast, man. If you ever want to do it again or
0: sure let me know every few months
1: we'd be pumped every few, every few months we'll break it we will break it we'll break yeah. it in, we'll we'll into the italian demo before you know it you'll be talking with a, a fake brooklyn yeah. accent probably now <laughs> if we got anyone in dc come to my show all right yeah if you're in dc go see mike all right but man thank every, you yeah of course everybody else thank you so much for watching this episode of the sit down we'll see you in the next one ciao young Andrew Lens, It's me, Andrew Lens from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on
0: BSAB!